Well, happy long weekend to you. This is the, I guess, the official, unofficial start of summer in Ontario. Uh, we just love our summers. I love summer. You'll never hear me complain it's too hot. Uh, you'll hear me complain a lot about too cold, but you'll never hear me complain about too hot. And I just love summer. So happy, unofficial, official summer weekend to you. And uh, as you know, uh, Premier Ford gave an announcement this week that affects reopening, as Christina was just alluding to, and for some so disappointing, and it seems like it's just kind of pushing things into the fall. As that will affect us as a church, we'll keep you posted and let you know the decisions we're making so that we can get back into the room, be up close and personal. We just cannot wait to see everybody and hug everybody again, and uh, that time that time is definitely is definitely coming. Well, this is a new series. I want to welcome you to our new series. And uh, we enjoyed Churches That Heal, but uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited about this series called Expansion, There Must Be More. Let me pray. Father, I thank you this morning that the word of the Lord is coming to us, that you're going to bring expansion into each of our lives. Lord, we thank you. You've already begun. There's some first fruit testimonies of blessing and expansion in families and in people's lives. But Lord, I believe that you're about to do something great in this region, in our hearts. Uh, Lord, as, with us as a church, let us have ears to hear now, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, yeah, I can hear you. Amen. I wish you were in the room, but I can really hear you say amen this morning. Well, what I want to do is uh, I, I just sense the Lord speaking to me, uh, speaking to you, speaking to us, uh, to get us ready for what's coming post-pandemic. <laughs> yes, there will be a post-pandemic. There will be an after-pandemic. And my thoughts are kind of going like this. I recognize human nature. I recognize my own nature. And that is that as humans, we have this capacity to acclimatize. We have this capacity to get used to what we're in, even if it's unfavorable. So this is May 2-4 weekend. Uh, we call it that, even though it's before May 24th. And, uh, you know, traditionally in a lot of backyards, pools are being open, and pools are probably already, many of them are already open, but the pools get open, and the kids, because only kids will do this, they go swimming, because an open pool means that you get to go swimming. And the water... <laughs> Is freezing, absolutely freezing. And the kids go in, and they're turning blue, and you say to them, how is it? And they say, it's not bad. After you get used to it. Yeah, after you get used to it. In other words, it's super bad when you went in. <laughs> not so bad now, because now we're used to it. A story is told. In 1974, Hiro Onanda, a Japanese Army intelligence officer, caused a sensation when he was persuaded to come out of hiding by a former comrade on the Philippine island of, of Lubang. Now, Mr. Onanda was 83. He's weeping uncontrollably as he agrees to lay down his rifle, unaware that the Japanese forces had surrendered 29 years before. This guy's living in the jungle under war-like conditions. For 29 years, he'd gotten used to it. He returned to Japan the same year, but was unable to adapt to his life in his home country. He immigrated to Brazil, 
1975. He just couldn't go back to normal. He just couldn't break out of what had been imposed on him for these 29 years. There's a word that's been spoken over these last 14 whatever months that we've been in this pandemic, and um, it's not pivot. I hate that word. <laughs> if I hear the word pivot one more time, I'm going to scream. Everybody's using, overusing the word pivot. The word I, I've heard and the word we looked for even in the announcement this week, restriction. Let that soak in for a second. Restriction. That is a word that has been prevalent over these months. Now, I want to talk about it for a second, but I don't want to talk about it politically. And so, so some of you that are already there, come on back, focus, focus with me. I don't want to discuss the merits of the restrictions, good or bad. I, I don't want to make reference to, you know, the fact that we're kind of last man standing with the restrictions in North America. <laughs> whether good, whether bad, we did them. And what I want to point out is the word is real. And it's more than just the restrictions of where we can go and what we can do. I believe it does something to the human psyche. I believe it does something to us spiritually. And I want to speak this word today because I believe God is taking us out of restriction. I don't need to be prophetic to say that. But he wants to move us out of restriction, and I think it's also in the spirit realm. The Bible says that in the atmosphere are principalities and powers in the high places. And those principalities and those powers would want to impose on us more than the government's imposing. They want to impose restrictions that keep God's people from being all that they're called to be and do in this time, in this season, in this region. Think about restriction. A limited uh, excuse me, a limitation or an imposed control? A limitation or an imposed control? I mean, just practically, there's been limitation on our capacity as a church in this room. There's been limitation on our finances because of the economy. There's been limitation on our families because we can't go beyond our bubbles at home and interact with uncles and aunts and cousins and the things that bring life, the things that cause us to grow and expand uh, just naturally, normally. There's been limitations on our relationship with our friends and that need to meet together and be together and share life together. I believe, and I submit this to you today, and as we just kind of move through this message, this introductory message to get us ready, I believe the word of the Lord to us, and what we're to get ready for is the word expansion the opposite of restriction. And where we've known restriction, I believe that God, by His Holy Spirit, is about to bring expansion. We've subtitled this, there must be more, because there is. And God is saying, there must be more. And I sense what God is saying through His Holy Spirit to us is that this expansion is not going from where we are right now in restriction and going back to normal whatever that might have been so long ago. That would be restoration. That would be a word that God is saying, I will restore. But I believe God's going to skip over restoration and go to expansion. I believe he's taking us as individuals, as families, and as a church 
into a, a time and a season, if we'll hear and have faith for it, that God wants to bless us and take us even further than we were 14 months ago. He wants to skip restoration and take us right into a place of enlargement, a place of blessing, a place of expansion. <laughs> now, some of us have known, uh, I'll suck in, some have known some COVID bodily expansion. Now, I'm not talking about expansion like that. Not that kind of expansion. I'm talking about when God expands us in the area of grace and in blessing. I believe God wants to expand your personal influence everywhere you go, everywhere you do life. I believe God wants to enlarge your relationships. There are some marriages right now that have been restricted. You can sense it's almost like cords wrapped around your marriage. Not cords keeping you together, but cords keeping you from growing in connection and intimacy and, and, and being all that you know that God wants your marriage to be. I believe God's about to break through and break off restriction and bring enlargement to marriage. I believe God wants to enlarge your connection to your children. I believe that God wants to enlarge and expand our health and that we're going to come into a season uh, of seeing healings being pronounced and many more healings than we're celebrating. And, and uh, just whatever's been restricted in health, God's about to pour out a blessing and an expansion. I believe our city, Cornwall, is poised for expansion. I don't need prophetic eyes to look across our city and see the amount of construction that's going on. It's interesting, though, and a lot of people will note this and ask the obvious question, why has our population sign at the edge of our boundaries of our town not changed for a gazillion years? There's so many houses being built, so many things taking place, but why has the population sign been restricted? Population in a city often marks a, a sphere of influence. When a city moves from just sub-50,000 into being a city of 80,000, for example, there's a lot of infrastructures, a lot of things that need to change, and really it takes that city in its influence, in its commerce, in its notoriety, everything, it takes it from one stage to another. And it's almost as if our city has been under the restriction, and I'm not just talking COVID right now, I'm just talking in the powers in the air, principalities and powers, as the scriptures talk about, it's almost as, bit, as if we've been frozen at 47,000. And it, though that's just a number, it represents influence. It represents what God wants to do with what was once a broken down city that he's rebuilding, he's transforming, he's doing something amazing in our city. And I say to you today, I believe that our city is poised in its population to break through the restrictions and you're going to see the sign change and we're going to go from one level to another. I believe that God is going to expand our church, Harvest Christian Fellowship. I believe it's going to happen in a number of ways. I believe it's going to happen numerically. I believe when we open our doors and we kind of resume uh, full out, uh, full capacity uh, in the room, that we will be larger than we were before COVID. I believe that we're going to experience, skip over res restoration and move to expansion. And numerically in a church, again, it's not, you know, that we celebrate some number, 
but it represents influence. It represents capacity. It represents an ability to touch a region and to touch an area where one puts a, a thousand, two can put 10,000. And so there's an exponential uh, uh, effect when we grow numerically. And I believe that we're going to see that. I believe that's going to affect us as well regionally. We're going to talk to you in the days to come about a vision for satellite gatherings, Harvest Christian Fellowship, satellite gatherings in the outlying regions, uh, Alexandria, Brockville. We're going to talk to you about believing God as we step into a season of expansion. I believe that we're going to expand nationally. One thing that we've not had as a church since our beginning is a, uh, a national identity, something to kind of belong to uh, in, in, the, in the nation of Canada. And I believe God's opening doors for us as a church to partner at a national level. And uh, I'm just saying these things to you as I believe by the Spirit of God, God is speaking. I hope you can receive today what God is speaking to us. And I believe internationally as well and our effect and our influence in Cuba, uh, in South America, and in Mexico are going to continue to expand. Expansion. Will you say that with me this morning? Expansion. In our individual lives, in our family, our city, and in our church. I want to look now at the Scriptures, and I submit this word to you, and in these weeks I'll be talking about them, talking about it, and I want you to, now as we look at the Scriptures, we have to, as a church, judge this Word and, and confirm this Word so that we can give ourselves to this Word and enter into it. We, it doesn't just happen, but God's people, by faith and intentionality, step into the Word of the Lord. So let me give you a few thoughts. Matthew chapter 16, verses 2 and 3, Jesus speaking to some cynical Pharisees who want proof, want proof that God is going to do what God said he was going to do. He told them, you have a saying that goes, red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in the morning, hey, sailors take warning. You find it easy enough to forecast the weather. Why can't you read the signs of the times? The Bible uses two words for time. One word in the Greek, it's chronos, chronometer, watches. We're talking about seconds and minutes. We're talking about weeks and months and years. The unfolding of the sun moving around the earth, time as it unfolds, tick, 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 tick. But the Bible also uses another word called keros. And that Greek word keros also means time, but it's the seasons in God, more of the spiritual time, the seasons and the opportunities that God gives us. And in the same way, there are seasons, uh, summer, winter, fall, the seasons, and there is uh, appropriate activity in each of the seasons. God speaks seasons over our lives and brings us into opportunities God-given divine opportunities that if you travel and navigate properly in the season of God in your life, you can find yourself smack dab in the middle of God's best and blessing for your life. And so that's the keros time. Jesus is speaking here to the cynical Pharisees about discerning keros, 
Discerning the seasons of God. Discerning not what you see outside by casting and forecasting the weather, but by seeing in the Spirit and seeing what God is saying and getting ready for what's coming next because God, according to the Scriptures, wants us to discern the times that we live in. Now, I just want to briefly say this, that I hear so many people on social media right now talking that we are at the end of the world. This is it. The apocalypse is here or is shortly coming. And there are some Christian voices that are really beating that drum, um, unfortunately, I would say. And I think they are literally shrinking themselves, not enlarging, not expanding, but shrinking because of this kind of thinking. They are shrinking their opportunities because they are not discerning the times that we live in. And the Scriptures help us understand. Uh, And so I think the end of the world will come. I just don't think it's coming now. And I don't think it's coming now because Jesus gave us some very clear compass guidelines to discern. In Matthew chapter 24, he said, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not troubled. He goes on in the next couple of verses to talk about pestilence and disease. Uh, COVID fits into pestilence. It is that, it, the spirit of that world, word is, is COVID. And, and so he said these things will happen. He said don't be troubled. Don't be full of fear. Don't be, don't be scared of what's next. Don't start predicting the end of the world. Because he said, these things must come to pass. The end is not yet. And yet there are people pounding that drum, the end, the end, the end, the end, the end. Uh, You know, hold your breath. Jesus is coming at any moment. The end. I have a huge problem with that because it's a shrinking of thinking. I'll show you why. Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Now, we're going to look at one more scripture. The preaching of the gospel, there is an assumption that when you preach the good news, people respond. I'm not talking about preaching, and nor is the Bible talking about preaching the good news and nobody responding, (laughs) which is, I think, you know, sometimes what we see happening around us. But as the church is learning to preach the good news of the gospel and the power of the kingdom and a King Jesus who rules and reigns, that there's not just the preaching, but it's the hearing and the responding. Matthew 13, 39 says, the harvest is at the end of the world. In other words, before there's an end, there is an enlargement. There is an enhancement. There is an expansion. The Bible says before the end will be the most glorious days on planet earth that the church will take its place that God has given it to be the messenger of good news, the messenger of kingdom power, the messenger to the world that Jesus saves and he's seeking and saving the lost. 
You see, I want to be a church that is a a victorious church without spot or wrinkle that the Bible talks about. I don't want us to buy into uh, some kind of a a shrinkage doctrine that says the end is here, run for your life and take cover. God never called us to take cover. God called us to be light in the dark place. And as dark as it might be, our light will shine. The glory of God will shine brighter. Arise, shine, for your light has come, the Bible says. Hey, we're going to discern the time we live in. These are the best times for the church. These are the best times for you and your family. These are the best times. We are about to move into a season of enlargement, expansion, and blessing. So Genesis says this, as long as the earth remains, I'm remaining. Yeah, yeah, this is all remaining. (laughs) We're here. Hello. You're watching me today. The earth is remaining. As long as the earth remains, there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. Can I say it this way? There is still Kronos time. The end is not here yet. Someday it'll come. But until then, we want to discern the Kairos time of the Lord. The opportune moments in God. We are not running. We are not hiding from this. We are moving in and pressing into all that God has. The Kairos moment. The opportune moment that God has for you and for me. As long as the earth remains, there will be Kronos time and Kairos time. Opportunities in God. So let's together discern the season as a church, as individuals that we're in. I'm suggesting that God has taken us into a season of expansion and enlargement, blessing and abundance. But to enter into these seasons, to enter in, we must first discern so we don't end up like a Japanese soldier. I believe there will be people years from now, two years from now, three years from now, still living under restriction. Even though the COVID restrictions and the government restrictions will have been lifted, the enemy will have convinced in their mind and in their actions, they will be thinking small, they're still restricted. Church will never be like it was. Yes, it will. It'll be not, no, it won't, <laughs> because we're going to go past restoration and into expansion. You have to first discern it. Then you must step into it. And then you must exercise faith in the new place and in the new season and then take hold of all that God has. So that order of that, of what I just said, is super important. And we're going to look at that in the weeks to come. And I'll share with you principles to receive the blessings and the expansion and the uh, extension of God. Your mission harvest, should you decide to accept it, is to step into God's season of expansion. As always, should you or any of group, your group members be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This tape will destruct in five seconds. <laughs> Just for you nerds out there that are Mission Impossible people. No, this is Mission Possible. Mission Possible. And uh, I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to next over the next few weeks with me that we confirm and embrace this word. And, uh, and I, just, I, I want us to begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to close in a few moments, but I just want you to look at a scriptural prayer today, and I want you to see this, and I want you to begin to pray this prayer with me in the days to come. Psalm 118, verse 5. I called on the Lord in distress. David's praying. I called on the Lord 
in distress. David was praying from the place of what the Scripture here calls distress. He's in the place of distress. The word here, and I don't often give you Hebrew words. It's the original language. It was Hebrew. But just for, uh, just for the sake of giving you a word today, because it's important for us, is masar, masar. The Hebrew word, and I didn't pronounce it right. I don't speak Hebrew. But that's just masar is the word we're going to use. <laughs> David prayed to the Lord in the place of masar. Masar literally means anything which is restricted, a place that is too small. A place of restriction. David prayed from the place of restriction. That's the place we're in. There's no question about it. And we're going to continue to be in it physically and naturally. But I'm speaking today that I believe in the physical and the natural, first the spiritual, then the natural, that there are spiritual forces that we want to make sure that we're not coming under as a church or as individuals and that we're coming into the new season of God. I'm not going to be affected by the old season. But while I'm in this season, this is a real season of Masar, of restriction, we begin to pray to the Lord. Now, I want to just show you a couple of other scriptures that use this word, and it's found. The same word, masar, all right? So let's just find, just understand, what is the place of distress? What is this place of restriction? 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. One day, the group of prophets came to Elijah. Now, what you need to know is Elijah was a schoolmaster for the prophets, and they lived together, they did life together, and they were, um, it was like, like boarding school for prophets. And they had a place that they would have lived in, some kind of like a retreat center, gathering place. And uh, the prophetic spirit is growing. The prophet, prophetic team is growing, and it's being blessed, and good things are happening. One day, the group of the prophets came to Elijah, and they told him, as you can see, as you can see, this place where we meet is too small. It's Matar. It's Masar, sorry. It's too small. It's Masar. As you can see, this place... Is Masar. <laughs> There's an acknowledgement, I am restricted. There is an acknowledgement, I'm living in confines too small for me. Let's go down to the Jordan River. And I wish I had some more time to preach this morning about the Jordan and going down to the Jordan and all the biblical significance of going down to the Jordan. But they go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. They begin to see that the place they're in is restricted. They begin to acknowledge that they're in the Masar place. David prayed out of the place of Masar. What kind of prayer was it? Was it a prayer of remorse? Was it a prayer, oh me, oh my, oh God? No. It was the kind of prayer that says right now, it's too small. Right now, we are limited. Right now, today, there are restrictions that have been placed on me. But hey, Prophet Elijah, I see down there at the Jordan River, there is plenty. We're heading down to the Jordan because they've got plenty. Come on, somebody. There is plenty beyond where we are now. You will not live under restriction. You will not live under Masar, but you will live under the growth and the expansion of God. Come on, somebody. They said this place is too small. Whatever might be restricting you, as you begin to pray, yes, there's an acknowledgement of where we're at, but you begin to pray about where we're going. We see the Jordan, and we see plenty 
of logs. This place is Massar, but I see plenty. There we can build a new place, not rebuild the old place. They're not going to renovate and add on. No, they're going to build a new place for us to meet. No, I'm not going to tell you that we're going to build a new church. <laughs> this, the, the, Take it in the spirit this morning of what this is, whatever your massar is. We're going to begin to pray and say, I acknowledge but I'm moving to the Jordan where there's plenty. I acknowledge, but I'm moving to the plenty. All right, he told them, go ahead. Can I just tell you, God's given us the go ahead to go to expansion. I believe God is saying, go ahead to the place of expansion. Come on, let's look at another uh, Massar this morning. The place is Massar. When you walk, your stride will not be hampered. Even if you run, you will not stumble. When you walk, your stride will not be Massar. Will not be Massar. David prayed out of the place of Massar. Your stride will not be hampered. Massar. If you take a horse and uh, you happen to be in a very wide open place, you're not, there isn't a stall available, there isn't a paddock available, and the horse is going to be standing in wide open spaces, they would cobble the horse. And what they would do is take a leather strap and connect the two front feet of the horse, give him enough space that he could shuffle. He could shuffle along, but he would know he was cobbled, and he would resist running away. Um, and horses were assets, and you don't want your horse running away because it senses the wide open spaces, which, by the way, horses were built to run in wide open spaces. They don't shuffle. They run. They gallop. They enjoy wide open spaces. Wild horses, if you've ever seen the herds of wild horses, it's phenomenal. But when we take a horse and we cobble the horse, we are restricting its capacity. Now, out of safety and, you know, you want to keep your horse. But I, I want you to see the analogy. You massar the horse. Look at the promise of God. There's a season of cobbling. There's a season of massar. But we pray while we're in the season. We don't wait for it to change. We're people of faith. We're people that are discerning the times. And though we're standing cobbled, the promise of God is when you walk, your stride will not be Masar. Even if you run, you will not stumble. Come on. God is saying, though you feel cobbled right now, the season of running is just about around the corner. You will not be massaged. Your legs are going to be free. You're going to find your stride, not your old stride, a new stride. You're going to find a new endurance. I believe in this time of expansion, God's going to give us endurance. God's going to give us capacity. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. Come on, somebody. The Lord is saying, Go for it. Get ready for expansion. You're not going to just walk as if you're shuffling along, restricted by Massar, but you're coming into the place a full stride, full gallop, full run. I don't know about you, but I don't want to get used to it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to come out of the jungle in 29 years from now. I, I, I just think there will be, it takes some people so long to adjust to the season of Massar. They don't get into the next season of God. I believe God is getting us ready for the next season. Look at this last scripture of Massar. Uh, it's, I can't give you the context today. We don't have time. But uh, it's it, it just this analogy that Isaiah the prophet uses. He says this, The bed is too short to stretch out on, 
The blanket is too massar to wrap around you, too narrow to wrap around you. <laughs> Have you ever had to stay over at somebody's house if you're an adult and sleep in a kid's bed? It's too short. you got to pull up your legs. <laughs> and you're pulling on the blankets. They're just too small. Can I tell you that what happens is when you're moving from one season to another, you begin to acknowledge this season doesn't fit me anymore. This season is too small for me. I've outgrown this season. I've grown. I believe that's why God had us do churches that heal. He's having us do some work, and we're growing. We're ready. We're ready to move into this next season. And what's happening is uh, the bed's too short, and the blankets are too narrow. They're too Masar. But in the place of Masar, we're going to pray, and we're going to see how David ends this in a second. In the place of Masar, we're going to say, I see plenty. I'm ready to run, and this doesn't fit me anymore. I'm ready to discern the next season that God has for us. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. When you pray in the place of Massar, God hears our prayers. In the Old Testament, I love it, often uh, instead of God hears, God answered, it's used interchangeably because it's equal. If God hears it, God answers it. God answers it because God hears it. Do we have to pray loud? No, we just need to pray. I'm asking that we enter into a, 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 some days here of prayer and we simply begin to pray the simple prayer, Lord, I'm in Masar. We're under restriction. Yes, COVID restrictions, but I understand it also has created economy restrictions and mental health restrictions, so many restrictions that I don't want to carry into the next season. And if I'm hearing the word of the Lord in my own heart this morning, as I submit this to you, we want not to be hampered, we want to run into the next season. In my place of Masar, I begin to pray. I begin to look. I begin to discern. And when that happens, the Lord hears that prayer and sets me in a broad place. Yeah, you guessed it, broad place means the place of expansion, the place of expansion. Why would the Lord do this? 2 Samuel chapter 22, they confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place, <laughs> the place of expansion. I was in the place of restriction, but God brought me to the place of expansion. Why does God do that? He delivered me because he delighted in me. He delighted in me. God delights in you. God delights in me. There's a region that needs to hear the good news of the gospel. God will take us into a place of expansion in every way of our lives so that we can utilize that expansion of authority, that expansion of influence, that expansion of resources to touch this region the way it's never been touched before. Why? Because however close we are to the end, the end is marked by a great ingathering of souls, the church growing in influence. And I believe these are our best days. Harvest Christian Fellowship, I'm going to pray in a moment, and I'm just asking you, to join me in this simple prayer. We're just saying, God, in this place, we're praying about the next place. As I continue to unpack this series, I'm just asking you to, as you go along on this journey, that as the Lord confirms it to you, that together, together we will move with faith and purpose and intentionality into our individual expansions, our family expansions, and our church expansion.
Let's pray. Father, I ask right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that in the place of Matar, in the place of restriction, not just the natural restrictions of COVID, but Lord, it, it plays on us in many other different ways, as I've noted this morning. We don't want to get used to this. Not for one moment do we want this to shape us. We want it to strengthen us. We've learned, but Lord, as we take what we've learned, we've outgrown this season. We're recognizing now, Lord, as you're calling us to discern what's next. Lord, that we would be the people. Yes, we just simply this week, the days to come, in the place, the reality of Masar, I begin to pray. But I see enlargement. I I, I sense this is for me. This is for us. Lord, confirm it by your Spirit in these days to come, I pray. Lord, before we take hold of it, we've got to see it. Before we experience it, we've got to believe it. Before we enjoy it, we've stepped in faith through the portal of this next opportunity, this keros in God. Lord, bless each and every one right now. Bless their long weekend. Keep us safe, I pray. And Lord, let the, the physical sunshine warm everybody, Lord, as we enter in to our new season of expansion. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. I miss you so much. I love you so much. Have an amazing long weekend.